Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, is, it, is it a commercial? You. Do you like chips? Like, do you really like chips? Where to the point where you're eating chips so much that you look around and there's crumbs and you're like, who put those crumbs there? Did I put those crumbs there? And I'm, and I'm here to tell you, yes, yes, you did, because you like chips. And if you like Cheetos, especially Flamin' Hot Cheetos, then you should tell people to subscribe to this channel, the Bitcoin podcast, because one out of a thousand, that's right. When we get a thousand subscribers, one of them is going to get a hundred bags of Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos, baby. Think to yourself, how, how many Cheetos is that? And I'm here to tell you, it's like a million calories. If you ate it all, you would most definitely not be healthy, but we're going to send them to you because Flamin' Hot Cheetos are amazing. So that's right. Share this around. Get us to 1,000 subscribers. We'd like to have 1,000 subscribers because if we had 1,000 subscribers, that means one of those 1,000 subscribers is getting 100 bags of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So, you know, do your thing, guys. Do the YouTube stuff. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, everyone. I'm going to host the talks first. This is episode number 371. It's in the corner. I know. I almost didn't know, but I saw it at the last second. I thought it was episode 420. <laughs> I we're, we're, well, not quite. We're not, we're not there yet. <laughs> uh, not there yet. I'm the host that talks first. D. I am another host, Dr. Corey Petty. And I'm the third host, Jesse Broke. And we have a fourth host today who was on, <laughs> who's been with the show or network for a long time. Off and on, on episode 200, has a tattoo on his bicep of the Bitcoin podcast. Mr. Jim Fosak. Oh, good, bro, bro. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, there's so many questions to ask. My very first question is, how many phones do you have? I have five five phones, but I use three of them on a regular basis. Why do you have so many phones? Uh, 4FA, because 2FA isn't enough FAs. 4FA. This man is deep. My two <laughs> FA's got two FA. Yeah, it's it's cumbersome. It's a little a little bit of a pain sometimes when there's like a dead battery in the, in the house, but charge it up and it's it's worth the inconvenience for a little peace of mind when you're sleeping. I have yeah. a question. Do you have like one of those I fix it like phone repair kits? I oh, used dude. to fix phones for a living. Uh, yeah. So does I fix it like suck compared to what you have? 
<laughs> it's funny. No, but I, I definitely do have enough tools that I, yeah, I could fix the phone. No problem. Uh, and yeah, the, the knowledge too. It's like it's funny how the phones have evolved over time since I stopped working. But uh, yeah, it's all relevant knowledge. I could fix pretty much any phone still that comes out. Damn. So, That's what you're doing when me when you like when we were like we first got introduced to you. you were, I think you were at you were at a phone store, weren't you? Yeah, a place called a uh, Quick Fix out there in New Jersey. I was there for a few years managing and uh, running the business. Okay. That's, was, it, was that the first thing that I think that was the first? Did, I'm not sure if you were interacted with us before you did like your basically like reaction to the Bitcoin podcast as you walk to work. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how it kind of started. Yeah. It's talking about like what I learned from the episodes and like a walk to work kind of looks like, like my opinion of your opinions. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the whole internet. Now. You were doing reaction videos before they were cool. Yeah. Just walking to work. Cause I was only about a five or 10 minute brisk walk to work. And, you know, I didn't really have time through my day. Cause you know, I, I didn't really have like that part, like a content creating, like scheduled into my life. So I didn't really see like the time for it. And I always figured like I'm walking to work anyway. Uh, that's the time for it. Right. So yeah, I just walked out my front door and started recording and stopped when I got to the, uh, the store. <laughs> Those were cool. I actually liked them. <laughs> Thank a- you. Yeah. I kind of missed that. I, had, I, I wish I had a place to go every day, but yeah, everyone's lost that. That's no longer a thing. You could always people. like if you work from home, you could always walk around your crib, make sure you cover up any opsec stuff, and then just do the same thing. It'd be funny just to walk around the block. Yeah, there you go. Walk into work, walk around the block, just come back. <laughs> Walk's good for you. So, I mean, there's a lot to catch up on. The biggest thing to catch up on, obviously, is you are the. I think it's self-proclaimed, but in reality, it's like reality proclaimed. The CEO of NFT. For like as long as I can remember, like as soon as FTs hit hit like, I don't know, the crypto sphere, whatever you want to call it, you've been like almost all in, if not all in on NFTs. You're like, yeah, this shit's the future. It's going to be the way this shit goes. It just makes sense. Like what gave you that initial gut feeling of, yeah, this is this is going to be a definite use case for crypto. I'm going in on this shit. Uh, well, crypto punks were cool, but crypto kitties were a lot cooler. And I think it was just the simplicity of breeding that utility where it provided more value from using the NFTs. Like it produced more NFTs. It produced value just from holding them and using them. And when I saw that level of gamification of the smart contracts, I was like, that's what smart contracts are supposed to be for. Like for these things that the crypto kitties were using, it was very simple. But I saw how elaborate it could get. And then Splinterlands came out not too far after that. And then I was trading playing cards as NFTs and renting them out to people. You know, years ago, I was leasing NFTs to people that couldn't buy them, but they could afford to borrow them to play the game. Uh, So it didn't take long from NFTs, like just hitting the scene to me, seeing their, their potential. Um, you know, I spoke at a, a loyalty and rewards points conference. It wasn't a Bitcoin conference or anything, but it was it was about like loyalty points and rewards points. And I use like the like kind of like a Crypto Kitties analogy for how they're going to be using NFTs and cryptocurrencies, you know, at like Burger King and McDonald's. And come to find out, like the other day, Burger King has NFTs now at their Happy Meals or whatever. Breed what are they doing with the NFT? Other than other uh, than like. Reaching out to people who have them because you, I remember two years ago, I saw you at the NYC NFT conference and you already were using 
uh, NFT business cards. And you yes. were talking to me about that for a while. And that's kind of like, not only is it like, hey, someone here's, here's how you reach out to me, but you know who has your business card and you can send them shit. Yeah. I actually got an award for that business card at NFT NYC, I think the next <laughs> year um, for that because of the concept that behind it was more for like small businesses, you know, um, having my business cards, whatever. But imagine if I was like a pizza store and you had my menu as an NFT in your wallet. I could know who my customers are and reach them just like knowing your address when you get a pizza delivered. You know, I could send you coupons to come to the store and, and uh, engage with my customers in that level, see if they've been interactive with the business and reward them likewise. And maybe they move out of state and that my business isn't there. Now they could see the secondary market and maybe, you know, give up whatever membership NFTs or whatever there could be. So, yeah, I, I think that business card thing was really cool when I told them all like, after I gave everybody at NFT NYC my business card, I, I kind of told them like on stage when I was talking about it, like, I know how much money you all have because you all use your MetaMask wallet to take my business card. So poor OPSEC on your part, but you know, <laughs> life lessons learned, maybe have a secondary wallet to people too. Because I know who in the audience is a millionaire and who isn't just because you accepted my business card. Mm. That's a that's a deep part about yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, how people are naive towards how they're supposed to be using this stuff that needs to be like lessons learned. And it's, I think it's going to, I don't know if, if it's ever going to be at a level where people really understand that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope it is because as, as you, as we give them more responsibility and people take advantage of it, cause they immediately will, then they'll have to figure out a way to not get taken advantage of like, I'll whereas the like, internet and people still use the same email and password for Facebook and Wells Fargo. They have a bunch of a choice. I mean, I, it wasn't until recently until like people started telling people not to do that. Or like, or like businesses don't set up their services in such a way that that's the obvious way to do it. And that's the problem is that it takes the business to not set it up to mm -hmm. make that the easiest way to do it in the first place for other people to not just sign up and do that. Right. And because it's within the business's best interest for the most part to do that, because they want that information, then they're probably not going to do it. Right. It's not a bug. It's a feature. I mean, there's a lot to unravel with NFTs. I think there's still, do you think NFTs are, are just going to always be consumed by like games, gamification, <laughs> that lazy lion shirt you got on? Is that lazy lions? That, that is, is my lazy lion. lion. How much did that yeah. NFT cost you? Uh, about ten grand. Jesus, NFTs are so expensive. On the ether. That's well, it's, you got a you got a free T-shirt though. No, well, no. Buy the T-shirt. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got a I got a lazy lion NFT and all I got was this stupid T-shirt. Do you think that there will <laughs> be more purposes? Like I Absolutely. know there's a lot. Yeah, I mean the way I Gary V is utilizing his NFTs is just like a small wave of what's to come. What's he doing? He's providing utility to his NFTs through himself as his uh, as a business himself. Where if you want, you know, a consultation with Gary V, you should probably get one of his NFTs if you want some of his time. You want to go to one of his conferences or events or one of those uh, seminars. You're going to need one of those NFTs to get in. And uh, I, I think that level of utility isn't only just valuable for the NFT in himself, but for the initial investors or end users of that NFT's utility. Now, the only way to get into that event with Gary Vee is to get one of those V-Friend NFTs. And the only way to get them, since he don't own them anymore, he sold them all, is from the people that bought them from him. 
Now they get to set the value. They get to set the floor and they potentially get the profit from that value that he's providing through the utility. So he's making his community more money than his community made him. And that is the sustainable, secular nature that NFTs provide to businesses. So he's just showing what an individual can do. Imagine at a corporate or institutional level what can be done, making your customers more money than your customers are making you, giving them a way to make more money to come back and make money and give you money. Hmm. Assuming your content doesn't suck. Assuming, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So assuming you don't get hashtag canceled. Yeah. If you get canceled, then the floor drops. So that's the only thing. Oh, there's always going to be risk associated with these things, right? If there's a market that's dependent upon some type of quality content and people making it, then there's always going to be a way that that content goes away. I love bad content, though. I was just watching Taxi with Jimmy <laughs> Fallon and Queen Latifah just for like the cringe of it. It's like, and somebody asked me, "Why am I watching Taxi?" It's like, I love bad movies. I'm talking about as a classic kid. Yeah, wait, it's I such like a bad movie. It's a bad movie, but it's so it showcased good all of Queen Latifah. That movie makes me feel like I could be a movie star. It gives me all the confidence in the world to hop on a stage at any point in time. Like, yeah, I could do this. See how powerful that movie is. It's me. Yeah, exactly. it's how bad it is. It makes me feel like I could be good at it. So, I mean, it's 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 not just NFTs though. That like you're. You're like so, so you're the crypto lifestyle. Like you've, is it? So you, this, I guess this is the you. Point. You live the crypto lifestyle. Like you, and you've been living it before anyone that I've ever known lived it. Yeah, yeah I went all in. You went hard in the paint. I'd imagine, like, I don't know. Just tell us what that was like over the like. Was it was it easy? Was it hard? Has it gotten easier? What was like? It was embarrassing, man. Like, honestly, like that's how I all, most of the time I felt being all in on Bitcoin as a Bitcoiner. Um, it, it was embarrassing going out with friends to eat, trying to pay the fucking bill. Like, I, don't, I only got some crypto. Anybody want to buy some Bitcoin? So I have cash to pay for my food or my friends are going out somewhere where we're already out. And I didn't price that into like my like I sold some Bitcoin earlier that day so I could go out that day. I didn't price in the extra spontaneous plan. So now. I can't even afford to go out to the next thing. So I'm going home. Like I, I've been in those embarrassing situations where like a flight got canceled and I used like cheap air and it was on me. So don't get like, it doesn't get covered. And now I'm scrambling, trying to find a way to get like money, like real people money, US dollar money. So I can get a flight home uh, because there's, you know, my wallet 2FA, I left at home and I didn't bring enough crypto on the road with me to like pay for a flight because I don't bring my 2FA on the go. I only bring what I need on the go. So there are times where I've been mostly embarrassed by my choices in this space. Like I feel like a, a financial burden to a lot of the people that I'm around because like they know like I'm pretty publicly wealthy. Like I've been in this space for a very long time. I went all in and I very rarely cash out, but I very rarely have cash. So I'm like always the poorest person in the group. Has it gotten easier kind of over time to like to, so like neither convince someone to give that's you some cash so or, or to cash it out on demand? No, I, I have no problem now OTCing, actually. And I could probably get a good 5 to 10% now over market value OTCing. So usually if I need to cash out now, I'm doing like a couple grand at a time because it's just convenient. Plus with the OTC fees, I make more than you know I would be losing trying to use a regular exchange. So I found like right now, like peer-to-peer -peer buying and selling is, is huge especially in like the, the meetup scene, you know, you go to a local meetup, there's half of the people there are there to buy and sell. Hmm. 
such an interesting feeling to be enormously wealthy. It has to be a weird feeling to be wealthy and poor at the same time. It really, it really, it feels like nothing has changed in my life. Like if I look at my like crypto portfolios, I could literally see millions of dollars, but I literally only have like dollars, like a couple physical US dollars in my name at any given time. And I think that helps me stay like humble or whatever. Like it's really hard to like ball out when you don't have like, a way to ball out even though you can afford to and it helps me you know sustain this lifestyle where i like i don't i don't think i'll ever have to work again because i don't think i'm gonna end up spending what i have because it's really hard for me to kind of spend it still (laughs) i can't spend this shit (laughs) if i I could pay for a tesla in like any shit coin i'd have a car right now i would i would definitely have a car right now if i could pay for it with a shit coin if i could use an nft to like put down as a payment on a property i'd have real physical property in the real world but i have metaverse land instead it's around the corner. Be very patient. I'm. I'm. Corey's gone through the process. Oh, come on, I got diamond hands now, bro. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Is Corey, so Corey went through the process in the past of buying a home after liquidating some crypto? I'm currently, as we speak, going through that process right now. And although it is a nightmare, it's it's not. It's just a lot of steps. It's just yeah. added steps you have to do for the underwriting process or for them not to be like, oh, this person's a member of the cartel. Right. You just got to do some good internal accounting, give them the statements they need, show them how the money flowed and they're fine with it. It's just been a long pain in the ass. So that's why I don't cash out, though. That, that, I don't want that problem. Well, like, that's why I very rarely do anything. Like I think I think eventually you can you don't need to do that. Go through that process. No, that's like you eventually won't. you won't have to. But we're not quite there yet. We're not. Yeah. There. But that would still be with whitelisted addresses. If I go to McDonald's to use Bitcoin for a Big Mac, they're going to require a whitelisted spending address. They're mm. not going to accept Bitcoin at their cash register for point of sale from a hardware wallet or uh, an edge wallet from my phone. There's probably going to need a KYC associated whitelisted Bitcoin address for them to accept the money. You think so? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That? Think that. Why? Why not? There's so, the same reason that DJ said they want to make sure that money coming from the cartel. McDonald's will get in a lot of trouble if they get caught with, with stolen money from a bank would die on it, right? Yeah, and um, and to not only add that, Corey, is that they the right people got to make that money. Right. This is what I'm talking about. Like middlemen, last boss of middlemen is what we created. Like Coinbase is getting in there. Yeah. Coinbase is about to be that last boss and they're going to have their tentacles so deep in U.S. society. Like, oh, that's a Coinbase point of sale machine. Yeah, I'll take it. Go ahead. Oh, you got a Coinbase account? Yeah, come on in. I'll take whatever fucking crypto Coinbase is holding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's that's where it's going. Like there's no there's going to be the option. But that's what I think is awesome. Having you on, Ken, is like. There's got to be a gray area between the way that you've been forced to live because you went all in crypto and you had to have five phones and four pack your <laughs> authentication and my family members that want to have that money and use that money, but don't want to have to, to take those extensive, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Precautions, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Well, then you have to scapegoat it, right? You have to rent out that responsibility to Coinbase. And when something goes wrong, you have somebody else to yell at, but the person in the mirror. Otherwise you have to do all these steps because something will eventually go wrong. Either Mm -hmm. you will be randomly targeted or intentionally targeted. There's a wide net that gets cast across the world from bad people and good people get caught up in it. So, you know, either you take the time to be due diligent enough to be responsible enough to sleep, 
you know, safely with your crypto tied up, or you pass that on to somebody like Coinbase and hope if they get hacked, when they get hacked, I should say, you know, that's like the next Mt. Gox waiting. They're insured in some way to help you or something can be done in that sense. So, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't think people that aren't crypto savvy should even be involved at this point anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of like against mass adoption at this point. I think we're going too fast. That's so and, funny, and dude. People are going to get hurt and they are getting hurt. So, you know what I mean? It's like car technology came out and everybody saw how much it helped society having a car. When a police officer had a car, they could get to a, a crime sooner. Firefighters had a car, they could put the fire out sooner. They see crypto like this and they're trying to use it, but they're just crashing fire trucks in the trees. Like they don't know how to use the technology <laughs> just because it's good for the people that understand how to use it. They see that and, and they get that FOMO. And I think we need to slow down mom and grandma on Bitcoin immediately. Stop focusing on them. And we need to take all our time and attention and look at the kids. We need every child using crypto. Forget about grandma and grandpa. By the time this is ubiquitous to the, uh, the average life, they unfortunately won't be here. So I don't mean to be like morbid, but honestly, they just don't matter right now. Grandma doesn't matter in crypto. My mom doesn't matter to Bitcoin. But my niece, my nephew, and their kids, they are what matters. So I think we need to start focusing on youth because they're already used to this. They use V-Bucks on Fortnite. My mom still can't figure out how to use Farmville. She's been playing it for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) You're cutting teeth, bro. I'm going to just have to tell my mom and dad to walk out into the desert tonight. No, but I mean, like, hey, look, you had a good run. This isn't for them. This this might be for them. That's all. If they can't can't figure out maybe how to get that 4FA up and running, because 2FA isn't enough. When you're in six, seven figures, 2FA isn't enough. Hmm. Well, what do you you recommend then? Because, like, you have... It depends, right? For one, you shouldn't be having, in my opinion, you shouldn't have all of your cash on a single in a single place. Like, like it's the same way you manage your money in real life. You don't put it all in one place, and then and and you have you have a wallet that's for walking around money. You have your life savings. You have that's you have money tied up in various investments. Money. Sorry, and, and and each of those things have their own security measures. And the average person, it's all digital. Keys. Come on, like the average person loses their car keys on a regular basis. You know how many people are going to lose? Yeah, but wallet keys if they don't. Okay, that, you could that, do that. you could do like a something that has like you can have like a, a really severe level of security on a single thing that's that's backed up and keeps you from like you need to lose a lot of things for it to work. Now, granted, those aren't as ubiquitous as they can be, and those and those are pro- probably like the seatbelts and 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 braking systems we need in order for it to become mass adoption is to have really easy, like real multi-factor self-custody and then have, you know, walking around money. They're walking around money. Everybody's walking around money. I don't know anybody walking around anymore. Aren't we all just sitting here, like kicking our chairs yeah, from the we're, computer room we're to the kitchen? We're walking around. We're going over to the different places of the metaverse and slides and discords. Yeah, I just got that VR Oculus headset to walk around in the metaverse, and it is it is very interesting. I like it. I like the metaverse uh, with the headsets and stuff. <laughs> oh man, I could so see much you fun. longing to be in the metaverse through the screen right now. <laughs> like, I'd rather you get it. Yeah. yeah, you see it in me, man. I love it. It's it's <laughs> very um, out of body experience, man. That's how I feel. It's almost psychedelic. Dude, we're going so close to. Are you talking about like Decentraland, Ken? 
Yeah. Like which which projects? Oh, um, just to, uh, no. In general, talk about the Oculus Quest too. They have these like um, like social rooms, like VR chat or oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, big screen things like that. Uh, Somnium Space or like uh, Alt Space. Those mm-hmm. kind of like environments are just like I don't know. It's like really easy to kind of just like meditate out and like I don't know, like just forget the physical feeling like and my back's been pretty bad the past couple of days so like tapping into vr it's like it is that immersive to where like i don't even feel the pain in my back and that's to me like that was the key Damn. oh wow i'm really immersed yeah Fucking have you ever tried a back like a foam roller no i haven't but I, my chiropractor nice. yeah my Product. chiropractor vr chiropractor I would recommend. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> that's that's the emergent, like right? That's the equivalent of like an HD condom. You know what I mean? Where they just like throw the word on top of something else to make it sound like a cooler product. <laughs> a virtual like, cut. Yeah, I feel like VR in front of something will probably be like HD in front of fill in the blank, like yeah. HD soda. Like I feel like that was probably yeah. a product when HD came like into a vernacular. Like um, a four K condom. Yeah, 4K, 4K condoms. Yeah, exactly. High, high like they did that. They Organic. Did these things. <laughs> free range. So, yeah. Free range cards. A VR chiropractor probably isn't too far from like an actual thing. Considering you like, get immersed and you feel better. <laughs> oh, man. But it might work That's for Reiki massaging if you're into <laughs> that kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. You visualize healing. I could get Reiki in the metaverse. That's that to me. That's, 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 that's going to be a thing. That's certainly yeah. going to be a thing. Jeez, I don't know if I want that. You know, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know, know if I want. What do you want like, NFTs to be for, guys? Because that's where I'm curious about. Like, I've been all day, every day, four years or more, thinking about NFTs. But I'm curious, like, how people like yourselves are now seeing them being implemented. What do you want? Not where you think it's going or what you could have. I'm just curious, like, what would it take for you to be like, oh, okay, like, that's what I want out of NFTs. I want, I want healthcare I want. fused with gameplay. What? Healthcare fused with gameplay. So like the, the more fit I get, it tracks it in the NFT and I get to use that in the metaverse. Yes. That's that's what I want to work on. You gotta to talk to my manager. Yeah. What's his name? Her, her <laughs> name, you sexist. What's their is name? Oh, <laughs> no, oh my god. That. What's his name? I get that all the time when I say my manager. Uh but oh. her name's Annalise, and she actually said something very similar to me before about a fitness concept uh, around rewarding people for working out kind of a thing so so that's what you're not alone there bro bro by by getting faster in real life my character gets faster in the game that would be a fun way because i would want to prove that i need some kind of proof system now so i know you're not just Mm -hmm. tying your phone to a cheetah so your character can run really fast in a video game yeah. So I think that's like, that's the main, one of the main problems. Cause like you can open up like Android studio or whatever, and then, you know, pop, pop open like a virtual phone and then, you know, open yeah, the app. Then, incentivizing the best yeah. uh, error for anti-cheat ever. Like the monetary value for anti-cheat has never been bigger. Yeah. I, Call of Duty has a, has a problem with uh, cheating. On the flip side of that. But they, it's can, it's a that, there's there's potential privacy and security concerns of getting access to so much things. If you need if you need to prove like like so like that's that's in order for a lot of this stuff to work in the real life without just exacerbating the already privacy issues we currently have. You're going to have to have way better zero knowledge proofs that are applicable to these things. Yeah. So I can prove something without exposing the data, mm-hmm. and then and then it makes it way more difficult to cheat. But 
that's going to take a while, I think, until those things are done. In the meantime, I want like access control. Like if you own this thing, you get access to this thing. And and in order to get access to this room somewhere, they're already doing that in a lot of ways with decentralized stuff mm-hmm. and metaverse. But like, and and Discord is trying to do much stuff too. And that's going to yeah. be the mainstay of what our company's status is doing is basically a Web three native Discord. And I think that's and it allows it allows people who've already explored and play with all the shit to actually end up doing something and then build actually build communities around them. And do those things that you were saying earlier is that is like what I think is with the, one of the coolest things about this stuff that's more sustainable for like value creation is enabling your community to make money off the community itself and not and not just like consume it but participate and grow it without having to wait for somebody else to do it. Yeah, that's what inspired me with the whole Bro Bros memberships thing and the for the burros 420.com and the ken token was a way to basically like take this energy tell people from, what those things are so uh the bros 420 is a memberships uh an, an nft membership opportunity it's only 420 uh memberships but i was going to do more and we were even going to do less and we just decided on that number because obviously it's 420 my community it resonates but it's basically so we could focus <laughs> on those members uh and you know like spend time and effort on those people in the community specifically that may need it whether they're launching an nft project or their nft collector or content create whatever the case may be like if you're in the community do, doing a role it's something that we wanted to be able to monetize and reward people for. So through these memberships, you know, we created the Ken token as well. Right now we're selling it in pre-sale for the liquidity, but we're going to be using that token to reward people in the community for helping people in the community. And you're going to need this token to get into the community. So in my, in my small little community, in my little world, it's, it's a cyclical social token that's used to try and help people and reward people for helping people. And instead of like sponsors that send me emails, and I'm sure you know how this is, get emails all the time about how much to sponsor this or how much to plug and promote this or mention this or how much to retweet me or all that. Well, you know how much it's going to be now? Ken token. That's how much. You're going to have to go to the market. You're going to have to buy some Ken from my community. You're going to have to join my community. And then I'll promote your shit on my podcast or I'll retweet you. But you're not giving me the money anymore. All that money, I, I had to figure out how to get like, the value that I have, because I'm only worth whatever I'm worth because of the people that put me on that soapbox and, and I stand on that soapbox under them. Like their effort made me valuable. Why am I getting all these emails and offers for money? It's because of them, my community. So all the money should be going to them, right? Like, so I figured out how to get these people that want to work with me to have to give them that money in order to get into our community. And it's not just like a one night stand relationship. You're going to have to stake or provide liquidity. You're going to have to join the community. It's not just a pump and dump, you know, one night stand, chill us. You're going to have to make friends here. You're going to have to make. How do you, how do you keep people customers. from bringing down the quality of the community by coming in and trying to chill? Well, that's the community, right? That's where we actually have a DAO in mind as well. But we're already talking with the way we could have everybody vote on certain things. So if there are, you know, like not safe for work people in that like community that are doing things that may be on the edge of like, you know, the fringe, then yet yeah, maybe you know those members those members may be kind of like have their own little 
membership community where like that goes. But I, I think that the community as it has been, my, my telegram is, you know, I never had a paid discord or anything or a paid telegram channel. Uh, I have a bunch of people that have been there for a few years and I made them moderators and admins and they just take care of it themselves. And I feel like that's, Pretty much with, and again, for only 420 people at the most, right? More people can buy more memberships, or it might be less. That's not too many people, I think, to manage if something were to go in the direction that came up with debates and try to find a consensus of how to find that solve that solution without pissing too many people off. Mm. But yeah, there is a DAO in mind for the Ken token, the, the bro immunity with the, the, the membership <laughs> and everything. Because I'm not immortal. I will die, and hopefully not soon. But when I do die, I would like this to be my legacy. Like 100 years from now, people are going to be able to join the bro immunity. And the reason I named it Ken token of, of, is because of, of I want to be immortal. Ken. I could have named it bro token, but no, I want to be remembered a thousand years from now. And that's the kind of effort I'm putting into this is like when I'm dead, Hundreds of years from now, there'll still be people using the shit. The bro token. And it would just be bros. The bro community. <laughs> the bro community. Do people have to? So, this is an interesting idea, kid. Like, when I was coming out of college, I had an idea with Corey and I's mutual friend. You know, Tom, Corey. Nobody else does, but you do. Yeah. Uh, we were going to make an app called Brosome. And it was specifically for when you move to a new city and you need new bros, like you have your brosome up there. And people can look at your brosome and see what kind of bro you are. Like, what do you like, darts or you like pool? Or maybe you don't. Maybe you yep. like, you know, maybe you like playing basketball. You know, it'll align you with the bros. Are you like outgoing? Sounds like, like grinder. Yeah. So what you just said is why we stopped the idea. Like, we got like one week deep into it and we were like, I think this is yeah, but what if it would have taken off in that way? Like MySpace was always supposed to be for music. That's what it was kind of for. But then everybody was like, I don't have a band, but I have a MySpace. And a favorite band. Maybe, maybe, you know, it could have it could have been a a thing that you (laughs) didn't even want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) We made made uh we made a we made bro space. We made bro not, that wasn't That's the original. Not even worse. No, I'm not going to do your interview. No, I'm not coming on your show. Just... <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I guess Jesse, you like healthcare and NFTs. Corey, you didn't answer yours. I would. What I would like from NFTs is like, I want a lifelong video game resume. Now, this won't come for me. It'll be, oh, like you said, for like my kids. Like I played video games so much i've played hours of video games and the only thing that's gonna get me is size from my girlfriend and family members like there's nothing that all that effort being good at a video game gets me so like i want like some sort of universal like oh this is this guy's video game resume that's not like on like playstation net where you see like their little trophies and something like it actually gives me like bonuses and perks over mm. time you know like when i pick up a new game of battlefield like i got more than skins i got more than like i get some perks i guess GameStop going that direction easily by acknowledging your gamer score and rewarding you with things based on that working with different game companies as a partner to get those things to give to the people that like you, they want to reward yeah. i could easily see that but yeah how would they how would we get that NFT memory card, so to speak? See, I don't really give a shit about the 
showing off the the accolades of playing video games throughout my life. What I care, what I think is more important about the intersection of NFTs and video games is allowing people to monetize their work in a more equitable way. Cause like yeah. you could, you could play a game and enjoy it and love it. And then if it, that you can then take, take the fruits of that labor and then make decisions about paying your bills. Then that's, that's cool. Right? Like that's, that's something that everyone would do. Granted, we'll probably lose most of the productivity of the workforce. <laughs> And and nothing's bro- going to get made. Productivity. Productivity. <laughs> did you say productivity? I swear I you didn't, but productivity. I probably should have. <laughs> I like that that's what you're hearing now, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's where that's more cool to me is to be able yeah. to, to, to like enjoy the work you put into your hobby and be able to extract that value. And pay your bills with it, or build reputation, like more more legitimate reputation based on the work you put into that, right. and maybe transpose it into a different game. So, like the intersection of the work you put into one game and how it how it interoperates with either a different game, a different fit, like virtual thing, or the real world, mm-hmm. and allows you to live your life either like I don't I have, I have this vision of crypto enabling people to live their life the way they want to, getting better at the things they care about. And then extracting that value to like just do the shit they have to do, like pay the bills. Wasn't that like what degrees from college were supposed to be about? Kind of, but <laughs> they're a little taken advantage of at this point. Like, so here's what yeah, I, well, that, I got enough, I got enough degree degree for go bird. This yeah. is where I push back on that is that not, I don't think you can have a great effective and lovely society if everybody gets to just do what they want to do all the they time. should be able to explore things they're interested in and in, in, in the gap of i'm going to go pursue my passion and get better at get it over that. time there shouldn't be as large as it is shouldn't be as difficult as it is to pay the unemployment while they're out there looking for their dreams See, I absolutely agree with you, Corey. I think there's going to have to be a fusion of this is what I do because I have to, and this is what I do because I love doing it. There has to be an easier way to live that life. There has but, to be a motivation to start doing it and continue doing it where like the the, the value you get from it is commensurate to the work you put into it. It's called self-gratitude, being grateful for your – do it for yourself like, and, and maybe for your family. Like, Well, if it, if it helps you – if it helps you pay your bill, if it pays a portion of one of your bills, you can justify to yourself doing it more often. You don't feel guilty. That's true, I guess. Hey, wait, you know, uh, do you play Minecraft at all? Because that's like the world's most popular freaking game. No, right? I don't. I don't play. There's Minecraft. a they company called Uplift that monetized Minecraft. You can literally like dig a hole and you'll get like their shit coins that you can trade on the exchange, or you can like build things and then, like sell them as NFTs and. Uh, you can buy like plots of land that nobody can build on or demolish things that are built on unless you own the NF and it's all gamified monetized and like play to earn Minecraft. It's all on a Minecraft server. So it's like legit Minecraft, but they also like built this API that rewards you based on what you do in the game. So you hmm. like, you could play Minecraft right now. And I think there's a few people who've been playing like a little bit too much, but one guy <laughs> bragged about being able to pay like his mortgage or something like with NFTs. From like Minecraft. 
<laughs> I wish a you little could. bit too much. Yeah, but people I mean, are playing a little bit too much and getting nothing out of it, other than point two, actually, yeah. But now that you start rewarding them, maybe it's like excessively. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely the dark side of that, where like we have nobody who does anything but play video games, and the and we, we like I, we've lost all productivity. I'm clipping that. <laughs> Fucking a little bit too much. I'm clipping that, and <laughs> as, that as a soundbite. I just, uh, you know, I, somebody out there's somebody out there right now who's fixing a bolt on a bridge, and I think that person, and they didn't want to do that. That's not their passion, but we need it. Somebody, sure, it, right? sure. Like we need that shit. Like society needs this stuff, and like there used to be. So it's a good place. thing that they didn't be get, they didn't get to become a painter like they always wanted to be because life kicked them down out of being a painter like their life ambitions now they have to be so, a bridge repairer. Some people like fixing bridges. So here's the thing, exactly. <laughs> there used to be like these centralized. We hate centralization. There was these bodies of fellowship and brethren where it was like, look, we fucking fix bridges. And that's what we do. We're the engineers that fix Bridge bridges. Fixers. Our kids fix bridges. Their kids are going <laughs> to fix bridges. And we are the bridge. We are the fixer of bridges. You might as well call our last name. You tell me they wouldn't do that like, for fun? Because I feel like they would. They would. like they, If they, they didn't have fellow, to get the money to pay the rent, they'd still do it for fun. It's like there used to be fellowship around these needed things. And it would be like, uh-huh. what's that dude do? He's a bricklayer. A layer of bricks. And if you bring back the barter economy, <laughs> like just so you know, I really truly do believe we will have a tokenized barter economy where everybody will have their own shitcoin. Andres Antonopoulos was talking about this for years. How so people will have their own shitcoins. Sure. And we're starting to see it happen at institutional and corporate level. Levels. That's why Ken Token had to come out because there's no way I'm going to let like JC Penny come out with the Penny Kenny Token thing before me or whatever. So, uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're starting to see like that social token thing come where I'll be able to be a bridge repairman. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get that NFT probably through a bounty program after somebody like audits and accepts my bet, my my accept that about blah blah. Then I can take that NFT and swap it for somebody who like uses the damn bridge now they don't ever have to pay a toll on the bridge because they bought that nft from a guy who helped build the bridge and now that guy can use that guy's services maybe he's like a carpenter and the guy who's a carpenter who bought the bridge nft gets to use the bridge without having to pay the toll ever again that's I'm just the gonna make wallets. I see coming to this. I'm just going to make wallets to facilitate all this. I'm not going to try and There's do not it. enough. There's not <laughs> enough. And if you really want to make money in this space right now i'm going to tell you right now you'll make multiple millions of dollars within one year make an nft marketplace if you want to make multiple millions of dollars within 12 months right now, I'll be back. you do not have <laughs> You don't have time. You don't have time. Do it right now. These NFT marketplaces are making millions of dollars a day. Any NFT marketplace, mom and pop shop has the opportunity right to become the next Papa John's NFT marketplace. Tell you me never how. know. I'll do it right now. Tell me how. I know how to do it. I know how to develop. I'd be developing an NFT marketplace. That's where the money would be. Let's stop the show. Tell tell us why. Because that's that because the market fees that these uh the the market fees that the marketplaces get for the buying and selling of each asset isn't just there. It's also within the creation, a lot of the times with the listings. And basically it's like an Avon sales business model. They don't have to do anything. 
Avon doesn't do anything. They got a bunch of people that go door to door selling things that they're stuck with. That's NFTs that when you buy one, you're now an NFT salesman. Anybody who bought one of my NFTs, they're basically going door to door like Avon salesman trying to get other people to buy it from them. So they could flip it or whatever they wanted to do with it. Big, like, so that's how I see like the bigger picture of this. Is that a, is that a product of a, here's a question that I think is interesting. Is that a product of the current hype bubble? And will it, and will it, will it continue after what we would consider the hype cycle of NFTs bursting because it's going to stick around. We all know that, right? NFTs aren't going anywhere, but there will be a similar hype bubble of NFTs that we saw from ICOs. It sounds like that, that to me, when I hear that, it sounds like a hype bubble of a technology is similar to gift cards. Oh, Toys R Us is using gift cards. Everyone's using gift cards. The mom and pop shops are finally using gift cards. Sounds like gift card technology is being over, overused and abused and might be in a bubble. I don't see NFTs like shit coins. Not, the, not the attention to them and and people's frothiness to buy them and flip them is only sustainable if people keep buying them and flipping them, right? Like like if 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 it becomes difficult to get any random NFT and flip it for an absorbent amount of money, then it's not going to be nearly as as profitable to make these, these 10 k projects. Right? Yeah, I understand that. So like that's why I say access control, right? You can build communities around ownership, and and. And maybe status will have a marketplace because we'll allow people to make well, NFTs. If you have an NFT but, and there's nobody buying them and selling them, and you can't find a way to sell that, that NFT floor drops. you're stuck with. Yeah, exactly. Well, you build a reason to bring the floor to hell up, and you're not the only person with that incentive. <laughs> there are thousands or hundreds of people within that collection that are stuck now, bag holding. What are they going to do? They're going to find a way to build value for that collection. Give value to it the same way crypto folks did over time. They bought billboards on buses. They bought uh, billboards on highways. They lobbied their millionaire friends into getting one. That's what it's going to take for these. Every level of these will have that Avon door-to-door salesman incentive. You're going to have to get in. It sounds like a pyramid scheme, but that is life. That is that is. Well, that's a community trying to do something. It's like we can't do it anymore. Figure out a way to do it. So that's why I don't see a a, a lack of this in the future in value. I think even nostalgically in families, this will have value. Like your NFT might not be valued to you or your community, but your great grandson might want to buy that NFT from a complete stranger for whatever the hell they're listing it for because they never got to meet their great grandfather. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like where this goes, antiques roadshow of. hundred years from now it's gonna be weird. NFT antique roadshow, sign me up. (laughs) Oh, I found this hardware wallet in my great grandma's treasure chest. What's on here? And plugs it in. It's got a bunch of crypto punks and stuff. I can see it now. If anybody remembers the damn pin, that's the key. Oh, you know it's grandma's either it's grandma's address or the last four of her phone number because grandma ain't remembering any birthdays. Definitely (laughs) birthday. Hey, real quick, grandma, before you walk off in the desert, let me get that pin from the hardware (laughs) wallet. So I can so I can get in that bad boy. Um, I can't wait to leave a national treasure like Riddle for my kids. Mm. Grandkids. My, kid, my kid is getting a, a Dan Brown's Codex for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have to go through some some trials wow. before he gets gets his presents. I'm not giving anybody any of my money when I die. You know, no, He's gonna let it go. Is, Bitcoin is the first man made anything that you can take with you to the afterlife. Like Pharaohs wow. spent hundreds of years and millions of lives building pyramids to try to take their belongings with them to the afterlife. This technology is the first piece of technology that man has ever made that gives you the ability to take what you have gathered in your lifetime and wealth with you to the afterlife. I mean, but like 
He's talking yeah. about like taking maybe, maybe quantum computing will say something about that, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe, but also, uh, I, I, and this is me going really deep into this, but philosophically, like, this is how I truly feel about the technology. Like, like I think Bitcoin could prove without a doubt reincarnation exists, and I mean this in like a very mm-hmm. sincere way that if I were to die, or when I am to die, and if I were to be reincarnated, if I can meditate into that cloud. Like right now, I'm meditating. I'm channeling those 24 words into a, a, a cloud, my cloud. And my soul is the key to that cloud of information that I'm meditating into that cloud. Uh, if I can be reborn and use my soul as a key and find that cloud and remember those words, I could type them in like the Dalai Lama picks out the mirror in the brush and prove I have access to those funds. Not only do I own that house, I've always owned that house. You know what I'm bro, saying? You're like, deep. Be deep bro. <laughs> it would I'm be some strong it. evidence. It would be some strong evidence. You're you're in it. I, that's that's what I'm saying. There's somewhere between the life that you like. I know for a fact you called me a poser one day, and I was like, I don't think I'm a poser. But <laughs> I guess I am. I guess I, I am a poser because like. Well, like, you gotta think like I idolized y'all. You yous were my first like real introduction to this space. So like when I got deeper and deeper and deeper, and I didn't see you guys getting as deep. I like, it felt like some type of way. Like I'm going through all these hardships of being like all in on Bitcoin and being like the all in guy. And like I didn't have anybody, bro, to like cry to that knew my pain. And like it was definitely well, it me being that. a dick. You're not a poser. Too. I was just we like were, we were, we've been hobbyists this whole time. Like this is something that we do. I didn't transition fully into crypto until four years ago, I think, like where I, I joined status. And I was I'm doing a crypto job. I worked for consulting like government consulting companies where I, I did Bitcoin education and like crypto education to people. But like I wasn't paid crypto until I started working for status. And like so like this is this this podcast has been half of our lives. You dove in fully, yeah, real early. And yeah. so like we always had one foot in the regular world, yeah. at least, right? Yeah, we had to, I had to. I didn't so have it, it, because you dove in, you got you you your your ability to under like navigate the world accelerated because you you forced yourselves into those hardships yeah. before anyone else is willing to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate that, man. I just, I, I didn't want you to take that and like, uh, I, I felt bad. No, immediately. I was like, really, damn, I didn't mean it like that. Like, it's really hard to insult me, but I was like, in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, I am a poser because I'm not, I went down the rabbit hole and then there was like some tributary holes in the rabbit hole. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going down those. This is about as far as I go. I'll talk to the people that went and came back. Yeah. Figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> Figure out what the hell those rabbit holes are about. <laughs> this is about as deep as I'm going, right? Right. I dig it. So, um, it's it's the the crypto lifestyle is tough to live, and that's the awesome thing. If you're it's not better, yeah, it's I'm, getting, I'm that's too, what I, was, I, I, I said this the other day. I'm too much of a Bitcoiner to use Bitcoin now because Bitcoin has been banked. It's so it, it's a different type of difficult now for me to use Bitcoin. Because everything requires some kind of like KYCing from a bank, like the legacy. We have the same problems, better technology. And I don't see it changing. Like uh, from the inside, as far in as I am, I don't see this changing anything whatsoever with the way McDonald's does everyday business. Whitelisted addresses, same way you need a Visa credit card. The way the traditional world is. There's a reason for that, though. Hold on. I I want to say. Go first. It's it's 
It does seem really bad. And this is how I just, I guess I think I'm just getting old. There's a lot of grays now. It seems really bad to have these processes in place. And it sucks a lot of, it sucks a big old dick that it seems a small portion of the population benefits so greatly from it. Over time, that's how the system has gone. But like when you realize that the decisions of one man pretty much which is Ray Dario, Dalio, I think his name is. He's a, he's a pretty world-renowned investor. Well, his, the decisions that he makes, or at least the, the decisions that his company makes, are responsible for like 20% of all teachers in Texas retirement because they own so much shit. And the shares of their company is so valuable that it's now intertwined in government dealings and government finance and taking care of uh, my aunt, who's a, 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 a retired teacher in Texas, like if he were to make a bunch of shit decisions and his company made a bunch of shit decisions, 20 percent of her retirement is that overnight. Right. And so that's kind of like why you have to. Now, what we're in right now, I think, in the stage of crypto is like, OK, who knows the most about this shit? Who can educate the most decision makers the fastest to make sure that we can't have that situation occur because once you turn the switch on where huge institutions and investment institutions and all these giant piles of money start pouring into crypto, you can't turn that back off. And we need to make sure that decisions that they can make are made meticulously and with people's retirement uh, in, in, in like, there's like real life decisions, but they've the taken bigger stuff. risks with people's retirement with less potential reward before. I know, but they distribute the risk differently, right? So like, like the risk that it impacts like a 401k for a teacher is minimal compared to like somebody who goes balls deep into crypto, like your portfolio mm. swings wildly. <laughs> those, those don't even compare. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you can't Assuming even gonna be there though. Right. Like we, like yeah. we still make assumptions. Like I was talking to my wife about this. I was like, I'm, I'm reluctant to go into more traditional investment opportunities because I'm not comfortable that they're going to be there. Yeah. I'm more comfortable that crypto is going to be there later on down the line yeah. and not only that but it's performing tremendously better as long as i can keep track of it which is something i do anyway for my job it's like what i think this is a, like i read a we interviewed a guy uh schrader carl schrader um who wrote a book called stealing worlds which painted like the picture of the crypto future that i think is most appropriate so far and, and it's like it's it's like think the traditional world isn't going to change. That's too embedded. It's too big. There's too many people. We got to wait for our parents and grandparents to die, basically. And, and so, like, like you said, the kids and their kids—they're going to be the ones that like are comfortable in this world that we think about now. And until then, it's going to be like an additional world to it that people can participate in and opt out. And like their ability to opt out and survive is going to be get easier and easier and easier. So they can live in these worlds without caring. Mm -hmm. And eventually those are just going to be the larger worlds that everyone lives in. And the traditional worlds will fade out or start to latch in because they, they see themselves dying. And like, and that's going to take generations, right? Yeah. Like, it's a long time. Burger King isn't going to do it unless they get to the point where they have to. And you, what you're seeing now is them doing NFTs is them trying to like dip their toe in so they can watch and make sure that, they know when they have to, but they're going to they're like they're going to hold on to as much as they can, as long as they can make money. 
doing it. But if it, if it means they can make a tremendous amount more money by switching over completely, they're going to fucking do that. Absolutely. If they can that's from a regulatory standpoint. Yeah, I would say regulations may make it difficult to make more money, but they could absolutely yeah. make more money with this technology. But what I'm saying what I'm saying is that like they're like what what you're going to see I think especially from the people who I guess kind of carry the original ideals of of Bitcoin and crypto is their ability to navigate to live in a world that completely opts out mm-hmm. where like they don't participate in any part of the world that doesn't that tells them they need to solve some a certain set of rules and they and they're able to do that because like right now you tried it you've been trying it it's really fucking hard yeah. But that's just going to get easier, and yeah, more people are going to do it, and you're going to you're not going to feel so damn lonely because there's so many people doing it, and there's better ways to contact them. Like yeah. that's what I think is the next Should step: we? is people, more people like you, living this way and being able to have fulfilling lives doing it. And then when they need to dip their toe and cash out and take a bus because the bus doesn't allow them to take crypto, they can do that, and they can do it relatively easily. Yeah, I mean, seeing a few more two-way Bitcoin ATM machines, uh, at least in my area, popping up, which is more of a peace of mind, if anything, if I ever needed like cash in hand for an emergency or some reason, you know, whatever it may be, uh, you know, comes up. But yeah, it is. You're right. I, I see it. It, it, it. It's definitely a fine line to walk, you know, with the economy, even where we're at, especially today with, you know, with the current state of the pandemic mm-hmm. and the printing press just going burr. Yeah, I could I could see that. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping that it, it gets to the point to where, like, my nephew can use Bitcoin without having to ever worry about what age he is. Like, what, what, why would that matter? I, I, and uh, I feel like even if I have an NFT that lets me into a nightclub, you know, the nightclub's still going to ask me for my ID at the door, and there's a good chance they're probably going to start their own little cons- you know, yeah, chain Eventually, we'll also have ability. ability. Yeah, well, eventually, like, with, like that's why I push the concept of zero-knowledge proofs, right, as much, is because eventually you're going to be able to prove something about yourself without exposing the actual thing. Like, I'll be able to prove that I'm above 18 without telling you how old I am. Like those are the types of things that look at your allow you to do. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. Right? <laughs> There's a lot work. of times where you want to prove something, but you don't want to expose exactly. Like you want to prove a given thing about yourself, but not expose yeah. all the information that's around true. why you can why that is right. That's and that's that's where these zero knowledge proof systems help us get able to do that. But they're not. At a, they're also not at a state where they're scalable enough to do it, or like mm-hmm. privacy preserving enough to do it. And there's also not a lot of people doing them. So it's like, it's, it takes a while for that stuff to build up and to be usable enough. Cause like we're still, we're barely getting to the point where people can understand the concept of private keys. And we've been trying to do it since PGP, which was a miserable failure. But like the fact, when we get to the point where people can comfortably use private keys and maintain them and then, the, and then also understand the value that those things unlock, then I think that we're, we getting, we're getting in a we're moving in the right direction, and it takes a while. I, and I, until then, you're going to be lonely living it. I think we should not have used the phrase "key." It's uh, it's just the word it "key." It's what it is. It's, I know, it's but it's so. It's, it's, and we say, "Don't make a copy of key." But there's people make copies of keys all the time. You make copies for keys for reasons. Like I don't, I don't make copies of keys and give them to my and give them to hand them out like candy. That's true, but. It doesn't introduce risk every time you do. Yeah, but I understand that risk, and it's 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 natural for me to understand. If I make a bunch, make a thousand copies of, of my key from my front door, 
I now understand that there's a there's 999 more ways of pe- for people to get into my house. True enough. You right. You right. Did they change change the terminology recently from private keys to something? I feel like I've no, seen like no. new term. No, not that I'm aware of, and I'm uh, I do this shit. Sure, listening will let me know. I think I'm misremembering something. Secret is it secret key phrase? Is it a privacy phrase or something like that? Uh, the so like there's a lot of different words around the twelve word seed, whether it's like a twelve word demonic, because like in reality the twelve word seed gets used to build the like. Like the twelve-word mnemonic phrase gets used to build your your seed, which is a which is yeah. a long five hundred and twelve uh, bit random number that then gets used to derive your private and public key and chain code. Right. But like, I have an idea. there's a bunch of other shits. But the wording is all the wording all sucks. You remember how six years ago I called that Burger King and asked them if they took Bitcoin? And they I want to yes. call them again. No, they didn't. <laughs> I said, take what? She goes, she goes, is what? it money? She goes, is it money? And you're like, yeah. She goes, well, we take money. <laughs> <laughs> Should I call him again? And right, I, now, I, got, I, got, I, I got to run today. My, my son is going wild. Oh, shit. Word. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure they know because of, uh, of, they know of Bitcoin because of Doge. So if you called, I bet that anybody working at Burger King knows of Bitcoin because they know of it thanks to Doge. What about NFTs? You said they're doing NFT stuff. Would they know yeah, about you? No, you, for you sure, for sure. That, but I bet that they've already heard about it because of Doge. Like that's yeah. Like the the average person working at a Burger King, that was the the audience that the Doge bull run was talking to, like specifically. And that they girl didn't know what you were talking about when you called however long ago. Six years. Like six years. Six years ago. They know now. But yeah, they're doing NFTs with their like their meals, uh, like non fungible meals or something. And what <laughs> are they doing? What, 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 what uh, do you I, need? I, to this I just it just came across my my stories this morning actually. So I just found out about it this morning. So I haven't had a chance to go to a physical Burger King, but I will. I will be. Um, I remember when the Garbage Pail Kids did NFTs at Target and Walmart. I drove to about 20 individual Targets and Walmarts trying to find these NFTs on the shelves. Mm. Well, we got we to gotta wrap it up. It's been That's a what she show. said. Uh, and when I do, I'll be sure to use my 4K condom. Uh, we got <laughs> 1080Ps. Your NFT protection, your NFT, yeah. your NFT Durex. <laughs> the, when Durex, I feel like those condoms would be used in Demolition Man with like Sylvester Stallone. Oof. When remember that scene where they put the goggles on? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember that scene. Yeah, no, there was like the touchless sex scene. Oh yeah, the sex scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah the touchless have... sex scene. That's where yeah, they would use that. the 4K condoms. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's where that movie loses me now as an adult. Like as a kid, I was like, this is so cool. It's the future. It's the future. And now I'm just oh, like, you must never have had an STD. You must never have had an STD if you don't think there's something appealing about touchless sex. I have not. Nope. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> so, I will um, leave it at that. Let's do the shout out. Do we have the shout outs? Do we have, do we have Shout out to the sponsor. Let's do the things. Uh, we got Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and Burger King. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Burger King yep. Starbucks. <laughs> oh, what's that? Target, not, uh, Target as well. Patron, you could be a patron. You can uh, go to patreon.com. I didn't say the patreon.com this this week and send our audience into a fishing accident. 
Like he told me to go to the patreon.com and now somebody's drained my bank account. No, go to Patreon. Grandma's <laughs> going to Patreon. Go to page, go to page, page. Fuck it. Look, go look, Google image search that and then search <laughs> <the> Bitcoin <laughs> and you'll get to us. I'm summoning I'm, I'm over my words right now. All right. Then we got the Slack. Yes. I know what you're thinking. Slack. You're either thinking, what's why don't you have or, a Discord? Why don't you have a Discord? Let me tell you why we don't have a Discord. Discord's the velvet rope place. Discord's a sacred place. It's a fun and sacred place. All right. We don't want that kind of fun and sacred like feeling you get from Discord to spill into the community that we're building. We're building a very nice and like square community. Right? It can be chamfered around the edges a little bit. Yeah. Good word. Damn, bro. A quality <laughs> word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Chamfered? Jesus. Nobody just throws that around in everyday conversation. Bevel the edges, baby. Uh, we, got, we got on your podcasting app. Uh, you know, you probably can rate podcasts for your future and giving the public knowledge of the kind of content that you like to consume. We hope that you give us five out of five stars or microphones, or circle, whatever they do in your podcasting app that gives you the ability to rate the app, you know, give us the most of those. If you don't want, you could give us one star, you know, if you really want to, but that'd be a pretty dick move, if you ask me. That's, so, that's how they really feel, though. Yeah, like, you guys so fuck that show. Then it's like, damn, you went out of your way to give us a one star? You could have just moved on with your life. <laughs> dick. All right. <laughs> Shout out to, am I doing this for a reason? I can't remember why it's even there now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Shakira. I think that's Shakira. If it's not, Shakira's lookalike or new Shakira. Shout out to Lil Uzi Vert, um, who is probably got, he's probably got an NFT. He does. Right. No, 100%. He has one of the best NFTs, actually. He's really, really smart, too. Shout out to Lil Uzi Vert doing his thing. Shout out to that guy. Eugene. Oh, sorry. Should I be assume? I shouldn't assume. Shout out to that person. I already made that mistake once in the show. Shout out to that person as well. <laughs> I'm never going to figure out who that is, Alicia, ever. Ah, Naisa Ray. I know her. Shout out to you, girl. Hey, yo, Tim in the Slack has designed shit for her shows in the past. So shout out to you, Tim. Nice. She's tapping you again. You know, sorry to put your business in the street, but I feel like it's a good business to put in the street. Tim does art for her. <laughs> shout out to Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, and shout out to Zati Beats. And we got one more. Oh, oh long neck and wide smiles. Always saw Danya. One of these days, hopefully, you know what? If she launches an NFT when she gets out of her first crypto scam she got involved in in 2017, then maybe we should try to get her on the show. If you call her that on the show, I would be so happy. Dude, no. Come on now. I'm not trying. Oh my They'll God. make us pull content. They'll be like, you can't say that. Down, 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 down. I got Little Uzi mixed up with Little Yachty, apparently. Uh, so then Little Uzi actually didn't have a good one. It was Little Yachty who had the best NFT project. Uh, little it's not bad for Are you assuming your lils? All right, you can't be assuming, you can't be assuming your lils. 
I can't yeah. wait for them to grow up and be like Big Daddy one day. Like, you know, what I, mean? like, I got to watch Little Bow Wow become Bow yeah. Wow, and that let me know I got old. I, I got old with Little Bow Wow. No, he got he he's he dropped Lil after he got butt sexed. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? He can't be Lil anymore. He got he got raped by his his bodyguard, and he's, yeah. after that he was no longer Lil. Yeah, he came out and talked about you know, that. He interesting just dropped Lil. That is very you know that. No, I didn't know that. You, we we put like thirty Today celebrities up there. Corey be like, "Don't know that guy." Ah, Will Bowell, right by his bodyguard. The more you know. <laughs> that's fucked. Oh man, rates not. Yeah, that's. Let's do this though. This is why I, I want a bodyguard, but I don't want my bodyguard to be so big I can't take them on a one-on-one if I have to defend my butt. Well, you don't have a very good bodyguard. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I should have a bodyguard from my bodyguard. You have multiple bodyguards. Like two FA. Yeah, I need a two FA bodyguard scenario. You have more bodyguard. than one bodyguard. And they're just best friends. Question for myself. I've always been like, why do they have multiple bodyguards? That's why. Little yeah. Bow situation. So <laughs> they have little Bow situation. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. This be funny. Everybody's avoiding <laughs> the old Bow Wow. Everybody. Oh, my gosh. I'm an anti you, Have you made sure you're body. avoiding the little Bow Wow clause? Yeah. Okay, good. I am an anti Bow Wow certified bodyguard. Uh, oh my god, this guy, and we're done. We gotta wrap this up. <laughs> what happened, the outro. Man?